The QBR podcast is sponsored by London Sock Exchange, an independent British sock company founded and run by QPR fans. The perfect Christmas present, their socks are finished by hand and woven with 200 needles for a finer, stronger finish and feature the best in British design. A gift subscription is the perfect festive gift which gives you a year of stylish socks delivered to your door. And because they love QPR on the podcast so much, as a listener you get a whopping 15% discount at thelondonsockexchange.net. Just enter QPR15 when you check out. QPR, QPR, Hello and welcome to the QBR podcast. I'm David Fraser. There are four of us this week to um, discuss all the goings on at Loftus Road. With me, um, the evergreen and almost ever present founder, co founder of the QPR podcast, Paul Finney. Evening, David. How are you, Paul? I'm not so bad. You're looking good. Uh, <laughs> that's awkward. Let's isn't move it? on. Um, <laughs> And we also have one, well, one debutante and one who's been on once before or twice before? Once before, a long once time before. ago. Once before. So, so I've th- also been on before. Uh, I beg your pardon, you've both made one appearance. You are both the Tom Hitchcocks yes. of <laughs> yes. the QPR podcast. Um, so, the first voice you heard was Rob Gilbert. Hello. Hello. Uh, and the second voice was Dan Zell. Hello. Uh, who, we may as well get this out of the way, this is the first time someone has sponsored the podcast and come on that week. So What an honour. Thank you very much. But you are not coming on as a corporate man from the London Sock Exchange, but indeed a QPR fan and... You run a QPR Instagram feed, am I, I right? I do, yeah. So when I'm not selling men's hosiery, uh, I uh, <laughs> spend my time uh, running the QPR archive feed on uh, on Instagram. It's actually a very exciting day because Ian Holloway himself liked one of our posts today. Did he really? He did. It was um, him taking on Eric Cantona uh, in a game at Loftus Road um, in the 90s. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know Ian Holloway was on Instagram. Yeah, he just joined. Um, I think he put up. I think his first picture was a selfie of him and Mackey um, ahead of the game against Preston, which probably probably wasn't the best <laughs> player to have a selfie with ahead of that game, considering what happened. But yeah, he's there. He's on Instagram, and he's got a tattoo. His son tattooed him. He I saw that. That's his son's did. a tattoo artist. Is that right? And so he tattooed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, for like those of like me, what is the joy of Instagram? Uh, it's like Facebook. Um, just lots of, lots of nice pictures. Oh, okay. Twitter with pictures. It's a lot, a lot of pictures of people's food. A lot. People it's completely picture-led. Yeah. You have to put an image with every post. It's just pictures. So you can't join and not put... I hit no, you, can't, you, don't, you don't have to put pictures on. You can just look at other people's pictures. Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm, I prefer that. If I put my ugly mug on there, it would crash in face. <laughs> and it's not really a discussion like how someone would go backwards and forwards with you on Twitter. That's not really how it works on Instagram, so you probably wouldn't like it. My, my Twitter feed has actually been quite jovial of recent. I haven't even argued with anyone about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so um, Dan, thank you for sponsoring us. Anybody out there? who does want to sponsor the QPR podcast it doesn't we, we don't make this for free there are some costs involved 
Um, so please, anyone that does support Gluten us, we are more than grateful. We are more than grateful. <laughs> Go to our website, qprpod.co.uk, and you can click on support the show, and you can do so. So, Dan, you're from London Sock Exchange, which is the London Sock Exchange dot net. Yes, and that's an amazing pun. <laughs> and what what we did today was we said on Twitter that uh, you're coming on and that you're sponsoring us. And we invited any QPR underwear tweets. Did you see them? I saw a few of them, yeah. There's some crackers. So I think the first one, we started off by saying that in the team on Saturday would be Connor Stockington. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that? Um, then what, what did people say? Someone came up with an absolute ones, yeah. banger. Nigel Whittle said the whole team is pants at the moment. Um, Gaz Zurop R said assistant brand manager. Darnell Furlong Johns. Mm, <laughs> like that, Paul? Uh, then Asia Ambassador, G String Park. <laughs> that was a good one. That's a it's, good one. It's a shame we haven't got anyone called Joe because then we could become Joe's Boxers, which was a band from the 80s. There you go. I'm just sad that no one went for uh, Panty Hinola. Ah, that would have been a good one. That would have been a very good one. Someone also said Anthong Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. Uh, Yun Sok Young uh, and Chris Sambra. <laughs> very good. You could, you, good could, you could have Tony Thong. Tony, yeah, yeah. Rufus Brief Vet. Yep. Alex Stockings. <laughs> uh, I think that was about it. Rufus Bra. No. no. We also had one other random tweet, not to do with underwear, which was the there's the 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 American. Member of Congress for Fort Wayne, Indiana. His campaign manager is a chap called Derek Pilly, named us as his favourite podcast. Wow. Genuinely, Derek Pilly, campaign manager for Jim underscore Banks, who is the the senator for Fort Wayne, Indiana, said we're his favourite podcast. Is he a decent one or is he one of the mad ones out there? He's a Republican. Hmm. But, well, I grew up in a place know. with loads of Republicans, but they were different, I suppose. Well, I don't know what he is. I don't know his vote. I don't know. <laughs> so you can, you can be advertised record. as someone who wants to build a wall. I don't know the but voting record, record of, Jim, <laughs> of Jim Banks, Congressman for Indiana 3. What's, his, what, what's he look like? Is he a bit weird? He looks. Well, this won't work on a podcast. No, okay, he, look, he looks like that. Yeah, he's, he a, he's like a, a young Richard Dunn in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? He looks like the sort that have an electric chair in five seconds. But anyway, for if anyone's Mitchell. listening from Indiana, maybe Derek himself is listening because yeah, we are his favourite podcast. Get him on. I take back everything. It was only just jesting. That's it. Because American what, politics is completely world. seen. <laughs> right. Actually, you lived out there for a while, didn't you, Rob? I did, yes. In New York, which I suppose is a bit different. It is a bit different. And I was saying that my po- friend Paul, who's been on the podcast a few times, is actually from America, from the South as well, so he probably knows who this fella is. Good link. Good nice link. So, let's get back to QPR, do we shall we? Well, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Brexit? <laughs> Jesus, no, not with my... Especially not with you and Neil. <laughs> ne- Neil are, are, are engineers from the South, and you're from the North, so we're going to have to I, I, have a hard border between the two of you. <laughs> Like, Let's we, talk we, about QPR. We, yeah. could, we, could, we could build a wall, Neil, couldn't we? Let, we could let, make it for a Tato Chris. A Tato Chris wall. I'd like that sort of wall. Actually, I can eat Tato because it's got wheat in it. Carry on. Good, 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 not, good fact. Right. Preston, you went. I did indeed. It was, it was just same as, same as, same as. Another away game without a win. It's now beginning to get, not boring, but it's beginning to get predictable. I mean, it's an interesting one because everyone's saying... 
And I know that we have been talking on Twitter and stuff like that. We need a five million pound striker. We need a three million pound striker. We need to find a million pound striker. The guy who's currently in the head leading the charts is Leon Clark, who costs practically nothing at Sheffield United. Plus, the guy that scored against us on Saturday for Preston played for Paul Veal. And he may not be the greatest player, but on Saturday he battered us. And that's what worries me. I mean, I know it's a makeshift defence and everything else, but he absolutely hammered us. And what they did with Mackie was really clever. They decided from the first minute, he's a fellow with the, the short fuse, we're going we're gonna to wind him up, and then we're going to get really on his, his arse. And he, he bet that a decent referee would have pulled two of them together and said, look, I see what's going on, knock it on the head, or I'm booking both of you. No. Mackie then lost his, his head a wee bit, went in for a challenge, which I didn't think was the same. pulled off. up? I thought he pulled up. Mackie. Well, it was. I didn't think it was that bad. But you have to you have to see what happened beforehand. You have to understand that they were winding the, the hell out of him. So He's the been getting more and more wound up, Mackie. The last frustration. Few games. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just noticed that he, a lot of silly changes. A lot. A lot of referees bringing him over, telling him to Brentford calm down. Brentford and Reading, he was lucky. Yeah. It, it's not been coming because he's not a d- dirty mm. player. But he, go- he goes in hard and I wasn't surprised when but I if you, saw it was a red card. But Rob, if you remember the old Mackey when he first came to the Rangers, mm. he was pretty much hassling, winning the ball for Adele, for Adele to do what he had to do, mm. or Adele to pass on to Helgeson or Tommy Smith or whatever, then to put it in the back of the net. Trouble is, we haven't got anyone like that now. So he's chasing down players and then he's waiting for people to come. He hasn't got the pace to carry that on. But on Saturday, I felt he was really unlucky because they, they, they did pick on him they did make it a point and perhaps it would have been wise to sub him when he was even but that looked 20 minutes you could see it was Dave you could see it was going to happen but that's where you need like someone on the pitch to like the, you know a captain who can step in and be like okay they're getting into him just to pull him aside have a word that needs yeah. a bit of like on on field management that doesn't I seem to necessarily be, be there the most senior pro on Saturday Must as well be. I would have thought so yeah a Baptiste yeah, oh, yeah. But you can't, I mean, the thing is, if someone niggles you, you've got to go back for more. We've all played football. If someone gets on your case, you go back, you go back. And the referee should have pulled him in, said, knock it on the head. And we should have had a penalty because Washington was going for a ball. He was pushed down. He might have missed anyway. Who knows? There was a, a handball that was so obvious that Mr. Magoo was weaving for it. But the linesman wasn't having it. 70s reference. Yeah. yeah. We, we are suffering. <laughs> we are suffering from bad luck, but we're also suffering from not having the quality to finish teams like Preston off, who are not a good side, who make it better. But they're not a good side. Well, what do you feel fears for? <laughs> no, no reason. Have I just made a weird reference? Not massively. If anybody spots it, they can tweet me. <laughs> Otherwise, let's carry on. Um, I, I just said my press, childish sense of humor. Oh, no, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Dan, you weren't yeah. at the game. I wasn't at the game, but um, I put myself through the full ninety minutes. Um, on the QPR website. Did you see the bit that they were, they were winding Mackie up? In yeah, the cor- yeah, yeah. In the corner side. Why would you do that? Um, that's. that's- why That's would you mad? Especially when way. like nothing, <laughs> they've lost. not nothing so, happened. But you know you're not getting a goal a slow until Sunday in the Zell household. No, I thought. Well, I thought I, you know, do my do my due diligence before tonight's yeah. show. Uh, it I was, think it's it was, someone doing it. It was miserable. It was it was doubly miserable knowing what's coming. I do always wonder when they say that 90 minutes now available for a game that we've lost. I did, <laughs> who sits and watches? Well, now, now I know. know. Now I know. Yeah. Did you watch it all in rapt attention? Paying rapt attention, or were you doing something else? I was at the doing other stuff. Right, you yeah. were second screening, as the kids it's like call it. Fourth screening, something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what what no. I don't get fair is en- <laughs> fair enough. Then what I didn't get was their goal because I had a few before the game. I won't lie, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even merry. I was going to watch Rangers. Well, you're never a... merry, so yeah. <laughs> carry on, Jesus. as you say. Yeah, right. Well, that's true. Um, but 
we get a free kick. And then they're in the back of that, and I'm like, hang on a wee second here. What the hell's just happened? Again, just is it switching off? Is it bad preparation? We keep making these silly mistakes. I I don't know. I think, like, to look at it from the other side, if you're a Preston fan, you've absolutely got away with one there. Mm. Uh, We were unlucky, Mm. really, like, to not get a point. And I do think it's kind of worrying that we looked a bit better with 10 men than 11. We looked like we had a little bit more purpose um, about the play. But um, I don't know. I guess everyone's, you know, you're knackered if you're playing for 70 minutes with Mm. a man down when you're really crap away from home as it is. Um, uh, And it wasn't the only time that we had had a free kick and not made the most of it. We actually had a few decent decent free kicks and decent positions and none of them went anywhere, which was a shame. On another day, like you get a point and it's quite a good result. Was that what we are, though? We just think now, we're getting to that stage of like, we're playing, funny enough, our next away game is Birmingham and I'm not able to go because I've got to work. So watch us win there. (laughs) But it's getting a bit easy to read us away from home as well. We've got to be a good team to, I mean, you know, we haven't won away in 17 games. We've got to be a good team to play against. Yeah, we went through that little phase. We drew a few away and you just felt it's coming, it's coming. And it sort of never did then. And it was like we won the Wolves and Sheffield United game and everyone kind of forgot about the away form. Mm. Mm. And then the home form when it's like, oh, wait, hang on. We actually haven't won away from home in forever. And everyone focused on it. And that's, you know, record in the country in the top four leagues, 17. And it's comes more and more of a thing, more and more of a thing. And yeah, you do look and you wonder where the hell is it coming from? But I do also think about Saturn. I did not sit and watch the 90 minutes. Like <laughs> oh, you did. I, was, no, I know. <laughs> I'll call myself a fan. And I left Brentford early. Don't tell Ollie. Um, but look, Brentford, we got a last minute goal. And Preston, we can see one. You know, if, if almost if you switch the luck for the two games you say well, Brentford were a good team they beat us at home but we've gone away to press and we've dug in we've got a point we're building from there mm. when, I mean really it's six and one half that. a dozen you, you know the cliche in football is luck evens itself out yeah. well weren't we worth a point from those two games and we got it you know we probably we shouldn't have really got anything from the Brentford game and from by all accounts they really dug in and gave gave Preston a good game and we were unlucky not to get anything. So maybe it evens itself out. The, the other things I wanted to ask you, Paul, as someone who was there, there was a couple of things I noticed. First of all, the ratings. I looked at the ratings from all the fans who were there on Loft for Words. They were pretty good for the QPR mm. team. Actually, apart from, I think, Washington, all the players were rated at over six, mm. like per man. Um, and they got clapped off, from what I could see. So it seemed like they really they did dig in, but got a bit unlucky there. Was I was going to ask you about that. And the second one was, how much did we miss Freeman? Well, you're going to miss Freeman because he's probably one of the best midfielders in the league by a country mile. In the same way that Smithies is one of the best goalkeepers. I mean, you'd have to make Smithies your man of the match because, again, he pulled off some really good saves. The way he controlled his area, the way he tries to marshal the defence and everything else, he's, he's just, he is top quality in this league. Um, going back to what you said, I wouldn't say we were brilliant and I wouldn't say that Preston were bad. It was just too mid-table sides trying to play a bit of chess game with each other and no one was spectacular no one was brilliant Pavel had a much better game than he's had for a while which is good to see Um, Bidwell was better as well to be fair Robinson is just something else that centre half position he seems to be expressive but again at no point did I feel going forward we were going to score and that's a terrible thing to admit. And I'm probably not a really good fan saying that. But you don't, you're not getting off your seat going, come on, lads, this, this is it. But for me, that's kind of like, it was a 
typical championship game because there's two, to be honest, relatively average teams with some like okay defenders, mm. but neither of whom had the particular cutting edge up front, and it was always going to be the team that uh, who had a striker who could nick a goal. I think that was going to win it. And, exactly. You know, they're what six, seven points ahead of us in the league. Mm. Um, there's not, there's not much to choose from. And well played to Stuart, who you had on the podcast last week, because he predicted that he actually said an 85th minute winner from Jordan Hugill, Hugill yeah. would win it for them. And he was three minutes out. And I'm pretty sure he came from Port Vale, which is even worse. Um, yeah, but we had... The thing is, we talk about the lower league strikers, but we took our gamble on Connor Washington. We paid 2.7 million for him. I, I, we paid a lot of money because we had the money for at the time. And we, we, we looked into the lower leagues and we went, this is our guy. He was, he was on a hot streak. He was doing well. And the fans were happy. Whether the club hyped him up or not. more happy. Well, the thing is about these lower league players. You don't know how it's going to go. Mm. I do believe we had got a player called Charlie Austin once upon a time. And it was a toss-up between him and the fat striker who plays a bit for Celtic. Hooper. Hooper. No, Hooper's playing for Sheffield Wednesday. He did play for Celtic, didn't he? Yeah, but okay, Washington was three million quid from Burnley, and he'd already scored 20-odd goals. It's a little bit different. Austin, he Austin was from, from Austin was from Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different. I mean, there's a lot of clubs chasing. Austin well, they're talking the about this fella from Charlton now, aren't they? Who scored ten? I, I can't. Do not ask me his name. I saw that in the papers today. That we're in for a Charlton winger who scored ten goals well, this season. Why don't we ask the ex QPR striker about strikers? Oh, you and this podcast, Lark. <laughs> 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 what do you reckon? Segue. Let's ask Kevin Gallon, friend of the podcast. Been on as many times as we have, nearly. But we're always <laughs> pleased to have him on. Um, hopefully, he's here now. Kevin, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Unlike the last two minutes at Brentford. Well, hey! <laughs> Hello, Kev. Sorry, Kev. Welcome, Good evening. Welcome back. Well, let, let's deal with that straight away. Were you amongst the people who left early at Brentford, or were you amongst all those liars who said they stayed? I stayed. Uh, no, I, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I got a lift down there with my friend. And when uh, the Brentford goal, second goal went in, uh, I, I wasn't sitting right next to him, but from the corner of my eye, I saw him get up and walk out of the ground. So I had no other option to follow him because I didn't fancy uh, either walking or paying for a cab to get home to St. Albans. So he gave me a lift. He left early. It wasn't my decision, but I understand why he left. So, where were you when you heard the the two goals? Uh, we was we was in the car and uh, we were listening on the radio. Did, did what, what did you what did you think? Ah, shade should have stayed. Uh, <clears throat> no, I was surprised to be honest <laughs> because uh, when I was there at the match, I didn't see us look like scoring. So, yeah, uh, I was very surprised and happy, really. So. We, thinking back, I wish I would have stayed, but I didn't expect QPR to score two in the last uh, couple of minutes. So it's one of those where, you know, the, the 93 minutes before wasn't great, but the last minute was brilliant. And, and Kev, 20 games in, how are you feeling about the season? Um, I, Well, the form over the last is it maybe two months, Dave, is that your wallet going off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fire alarm. Let's hope it goes off. It it, it gets turned off. Carry on if you can. Right. Otherwise, they will bring sausages. Yeah. 
Um, so what happened was we were talking to Kevin Gallon, and then a fire alarm went off in our building. So we abruptly finished the interview. Said fire alarm is now finished, and we should have him back with us. Kev, can you remember what you were saying? Because we can't. Uh, I think we were talking about me leaving early. And, and uh, yeah, and, uh, oh no, and then we finished off with uh, with twenty games in. How are we feeling? How, yes, and and how uh, are you feeling? Well, the last you know uh, last month hasn't been great. We got some really good results against uh, Wolves and Sheffield United, and now the next, the last five games hasn't been great. I know we, uh, I think we've lost four and we picked up a draw against Brentford, but. We're being honest. We wasn't great in uh, in that game, and uh, you know, the Brentford. If you're a Brentford fan or whatever, you'd be you'd be you'd be a bit sick about you know conceding two goals in the last like minute, where you know we didn't really create much chances, and they sort of dominated the game, dominated the ball a little bit. Uh, we, we improved a little bit in, in about for 15 minutes of the second half, but uh, it wasn't great. Uh, so. You know, we roll on now to uh, Leeds, and it's a massive game uh, where it's at home, and we need to pick. Uh, we need to get some sort of result to stop the stop a sort of a little bit of a rot at the moment. Kev, what we were talking about earlier on was how difficult or easy is it to find the striker that could be the the goal st- scorer to save us? Because really, the problem is we're not scoring enough goals. If we're honest, no, we're not. And we, we, I spoke about this a few months ago when the last time I was on the pod. And uh, well, uh, you know, it, there there isn't um, there is strikers out there, and but you have to pay a, a lot of money. But there is actually some other strikers who you don't, and it works. I mean, I think Barnsley have signed Tom Bradshaw from Warsaw, was yeah, and this season they're not doing particularly great. But he, I think he scored. I don't know, he scored quite a lot of goals and he looks like a good goal scorer, so it is difficult, but you look at Leon Clark, who we had at QPR, and we and he didn't get a game for us and he's top scorer. I think he's one of the top scorers in the championship at the moment. So well, He is top scorer, I think. Well, there you go. So it can happen, it can be done, but unfortunately, you know, it's not um, it's not working, it's not happening for our strikers at the moment and uh, it's difficult because... The last game I saw was uh, the last games I saw was um, the Aston Villa game and the uh, Brentford game, and it wasn't as if we created loads of chances for them. Uh, so, you know, I feel a little bit for the strikers, but also sometimes uh, you got to help yourself as well. The strikers and that they have to do better. I mean, I thought Silla in the last game against Brentford was very poor. Looked like he didn't try a leg. Uh, Matt Smith always is more effective when he comes off the bench. When he starts, it looks like he can't last more than 30 minutes. Connor Washington just looks a little bit um, low on confidence and he's definitely out of form. Where At the start of the season, when I saw the game against Reading, he was excellent. And you're thinking, well, this could be a turning point for Connor and it hasn't really worked. So it's a difficult one and it's a hard one to um, to put your finger on. Do you think also we suffer from the fact that we threw all that money around? So every time we look at a player, the club instantly thinks, you know what, well, I'm going to bung another few couple of nuts on this because they, they had loads of money. Or do you think... Well, I think those sort of days are over. But those three strikers we're talking about, they, they didn't come cheap. So mm. there's no... Uh, it's not saying they were like, you know, uh, Ashley Fletcher, is it, at Brentford. They signed for Exeter. 
he's he's pretty good. I mean, the, the bloke who scored two on uh, against us on uh, on uh, last Monday wasn't overly expensive. So there is there they are out there. It's just we got to find them, and we have to. Uh, and when we do find them, we got to try and make them uh, better and and perform better when they get into the team. So that's a difficult one because I always find uh, for some reason we we've signed players and we think they're better than what they are and they, it just doesn't really it doesn't really happen for them and I can only say a handful of players who've come to QPR and and look the real deal and look really good uh, and Smithies has done excellent and and Freeman and um Charlie Austin before where he came four and a half million but it, it was money well spent mm. um Hello, Kevin. It's Dan here. I've got a question for you. Um, okay. It's obviously a long time since we've won away from home. As as a professional footballer, how much harder is it actually to play a game when you're away? Why why why, why are we doing so badly on the road? Uh, well, I actually went to the last game we won away, and that was at Birmingham. So that's our next away game, I think. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can um, turn it around next Saturday. Uh, I don't know. There's a uh, you sort of go away from home and, you know, you try and uh, there's an element of the crowd. Always when we played or when I played, the manager always said, you know, you try and stifle stifle the, the home team by uh, uh, quieting down the crowd, especially if the crowd's particularly noisy. So you always think, you know, if you can um, keep the crowd quiet, you know, going um, at halftime, nil-nil or on equal terms or winning even, the, tr- the crowd will turn on them. And then you can, uh, and then their confidence will suffer, and they get nervous. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is go out all attack and bring the game, take the game to the home team from the off. And um, you know, up until recently, the Aston Villa, I think, and the Brentford game, QPR's home form has been great, but mm. the away form. And I do think the the way we play and the tactics we got and the players that we've got, uh, our pitch is a little bit tighter than the rest. Uh, and we get closer and we press them really high and we go for it from the off. And, you know, sometimes when we go away from home, the, the pitch is a lot bigger and we don't seem to be able to press as well and close them down. So um, it's a difficult one to put your finger on. And also there's a psychological barrier now because we haven't, a lot, we haven't won now for is it 17 games away from home. Mm. So obviously, you know, you go one nil down or whatever. And I think maybe heads drop, and there's a bit of psycholo- psychological where the players will probably think, you know, you go one nil down, you go, oh, here we go again. It's happened again to us. So mm-hmm. they need to break that, uh, break that cycle, and we've got to do it very uh, sooner, very sooner, and starting next Saturday against um, Birmingham. You're going to be there, Kev. The Leeds game. Uh, I'm talking about. You, you're going to you're going to be there. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going to be at the game on on Saturday, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, I watched a bit of Leeds the other night against Aston Villa. Uh, they're a good footballing team. They're sort of different to what they were last year where they haven't really got the big, powerful Chris Woods up front and they more sort of rely on wingers and a number 10, tricky number 10. So a little bit play, a little bit like Brentford where they, you know, pass and try and pass it through the midfield and into the into the number 10 between the midfield, uh, you know, our midfield and defence. So that's where Scroen will have to be on his game, picking up that uh, that sort of player, and our fullbacks have to be on their game as well because they've got fast, tricky players. Kev, it's Rob here. Um, how Hi. much do you think this sort of blip in form is kind of just 
down to the fact that we are so, so light with numbers in defence. I mean, we started the season well playing 3-5-2. So you've always got to have three defenders back there at least before you even factor in the wing-backs. And they are just dropping like flies. I mean, is, is, it, is it a case of, you know, you need partnerships on the pitch, you need to play with people to sort of play yourself into form? Because at the moment, no one knows that they're going to be lining up alongside each week. Well, I actually think uh, Robinson and Baptiste have been playing pretty good, actually. So yeah, they, they, they've been great. But sort of that that third centre, you know, or, the, or your right wing back. It's Pavel, it's Cousins, it's Furlong, and then Lynch is in one week, and then he's out one week. And yeah, okay, Anu has not been there for a while. But I mean, you you played the game. I certainly haven't. But I mean, how important are those partnerships and playing with someone week in week out? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I think. Yeah. I think my philosophy with uh, uh, would be picking a team if I was the manager would be really just go with my my best eleven really as often as possible and as limit and as limited changes as possible because I mean the year that um, sort of uh, we got promoted in uh, I can just say or even the year when I first started that pretty much when everyone was fit and I know there's a lot of injuries but when everyone was fit it was pretty much the same team. Sometimes strikers go out of form and you have to switch it about a little bit. I understand that. But, you know, when I remember it, it was sort of Danny Shooter and Clark Carlisle at the back. Danny Shooter got injured, so Arthur, you know, Airy came in. Uh, me and Furlong was up front. Furs got injured a bit and Tony Ford played. So, we, you're right, you sort of develop a partnership and you sort of develop without even... It sort of comes naturally without even trying your best. It comes naturally where especially as a striker and you're playing up front and that sort of a, have a good football brain. So, and it sort of comes naturally where, you know, first would go short. That means I would go long and it's sort of, you just do sort of the opposite. First goes up for the header, you go and you get as near to him as possible for the flick on this. So you have to develop part, partnerships all over the pitch. And that includes your right and saying that closes two center halves the right back and the right midfielder, the midfielders, the left back and the left midfielder and the strikers. So you have to, the more you play with each other, the more you become, uh, I think, better and a better team. team. And you gel better. But problem is, the strikers have been misfiring. So he's been changing it. The manager's been changing it uh, uh, quite a lot because he can't get a, a good formula. And the same with at the back. He has had a lot of injuries. So who would be, if everyone was fit, then it'd be interesting to see who would his, uh, his main defenders be. But I have to say, Baptiste and uh, Robertson have been pretty good. And I think the problems, really, the problems are, um, can't really, if, if you can score a goal and get in the, if, yeah, if you can score a goal and get in the lead and maybe get in two in the lead, then it takes a whole lot of pressure off the defence. Mm. But on the plus side, your Magic Hat song's pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. Kev, thank you. Always good to hear from you. Thanks no for problem. joining us. Anytime. And uh, yeah, have a good evening and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, hopefully we'll 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 have a win for you on, on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think it can uh, it can happen, it can all change and you know, it's a tough game but we need to get a good start and get in the lead and hopefully the crowd get behind the team, which they always do. And uh like the game against Sheffield United, I thought the crowd were excellent and the team 
sort of responded off the crowd and the crowd responded off the team and everyone seemed to be working really hard. So we need to get back to that quickly and hopefully it starts on Saturday. Good man. Cheers, Kev. Good man. Cheers, Kev. Interesting to know what he said about the crowd because there's that debate, isn't it? Did the crowd spur on the team? Did the team spur on the crowd? And he said, if you perhaps the obvious work together, crowd and team. Who knew? (laughs) Which, which, which brings me on to the next subject. I have one word, which is the area of London that we're in at the moment. In fact, which is Holloway. Oh, very well. Nicely done. Did you, did you, did you nice. plan that all day? That's no, no, it's, 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 it's literally it. just occurred to me. Excellent. Um, For any stalkers, he's joking, it's actually Holland Park we were called. Okay, so what do we think? We, we, we can't have a podcast without discussing Holloway. What's the current thinking? What's the thinking this week on Ian Holloway? Paul, I'm sensing from you that... The lady is for turning. That 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 you are starting you compared to compare me to Thatcher. Bloody hell's a first. Deliberately. Um, oh god, no. Drink the cider. I'm sensing from you that you are picking up on a sense that his time may increasingly be up. Mystic Fraser. I like it. Um, no, I, I'm I'm actually neither a pro or anti Holloway. I just. I felt he was wrong to say what he said last week. I thought the apology was pretty half-arsed. Um, disappointed that he didn't clap the fans on Saturday. Um, you've a, a chance to reach the hand of friendship, as it were. Um, they've travelled a long way. It was a long journey, one of the, the longest in the in our season. And maybe he was angry. Maybe he was he was hacked off. Maybe whatever. He he went down the tunnel. Didn't acknowledge his Birchum acknowledged this, and some of the players did, which was nice. But. Um, I just kind of think that with Ian, it's either you're with me or you're against me. And he needs everyone to be with him. And those who were torturing on whether he's good or bad or should be sacked or not sacked have probably gone the other way. That said, I keep going back to what Clive said last season, and I totally agree with him. The signs were there that things weren't great. The two matches of six that we lost was unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, And the board needed to either... Stick a twist then. There is no point in the board twist, uh, second hand bringing someone else in. Does that mean then we're going to start the restart the academy? Are we going to start looking at the under-23s again? Are we going to start from scratch again? I don't think we can. And I don't think the fans will be accepting of that. As for the performances, he needs to buck his ideas up. If Ian Holloway says, I'm a passionate man, that's why I said what I said. Fair dues. Football fans are also passionate. And we also have a right to express our opinion, as does the manager about us. And what I always find, especially with someone like... I remember Ray Wilkins was interviewed years ago, and I think it might have been kick up the odds or something, or there was a meeting. And when you ask these people a question, they've played the game, the immediate response is, how many caps have you got? How many have you played in top flight? Well, nonsense, like Joey Bottom did with Sagos on, on Twitter. Well, you know, have you played in the elite league? Well, no, but that doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. And I always but that say, isn't what Ian Holloway was saying. No, that isn't what you were saying. He right. was. He was uh, right. So I wasn't here last week when you were to- talking about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was really disappointed, if I can say that. I didn't like the QPR fans' reaction to Ian Holloway on Twitter. I thought he had a right to say what he said in that interview. I, I thought it was refreshing. I thought we we cry out for authenticity in football. We mm. cry out for characters. 
Just because that means sometimes someone might say something you don't like. I was one of those fans who left early. We all got caught with our pants down, and he he had a go at us for it. And fair enough, absolutely fair enough. I tell you why. I tell you why I think he's right because football fans go on again and again and again about we want to be treated like fans and not customers. That that argument keeps repeating itself. He treated us like fans. He didn't treat us like customers. Customers are entitled to walk out whenever they want. They pay their money, make their choice, etc., etc. With we were fans, and he felt that we let him down by leaving, and he had a right set. We have a right to argue back. We have a right to leave. But I thought it was great, and the only thing that annoyed me was that pathetic half apology. From it wasn't club. an apology. <laughs> well, it wasn't was, an apology. It was obviously. That's, I mean, obviously, the media team points. You, you've got to do something. Yeah, but I, and he said, "Get stuffed." I'm not <laughs> saying anything. I, I, I completely agree with you, David. Because the thing is, I mean, it's Ian Holloway that's saying it. I mean, the man has managed QPR for over 300 games. This isn't. I don't, never mind. This isn't Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank or Harry Redknapp Absolutely. turning around and saying this is someone who. Who who gets QPR? Who has now come to us twice when we were when no one else would, would touch us the first time? Especially we were on our knees and he turned us around. I mean, the man has so much for me anyway. He has so much credit in the bank. I mean, uh, uh, he, he, yeah, he when can did we turn get so sensitive. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. Look, I I, I do think it, 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 everyone was was desperate to be outraged, but I think that's. I think that's. Uh, I don't think Holloway's outburst was was what brought out this sensitivity. I mean, it's been difficult being a QPR fan essentially since, apart from Bobby Zamora sticking the ball in the net at Wembley, it's coming up for six, seven years of being hard being a QPR fan of really not much to enjoy, mm. and I think this is just a bit of outpouring of that came out from the fan base. Sam? Well, I agree. I mean, I th- okay, as a sort of part-time archivist uh i guess i would <laughs> i would take a, a slightly longer view but um we're not going to win the champions league so uh we're not going to win a lot of silverware i'd much rather be turning up every week watching a group of players and a manager who i can kind of relate to who also care about the club and stick with them mm. uh than just sort of the first sign of the you know momentum turning get rid of him and bring in who like you know Chris Coleman or equivalent no like and I, I don't think we're going to get relegated he says um, <laughs> I think we're probably performing not par but not actually that far off par we're what 16th where would we like you 18th. know we, oh, fine we're 18th but fine if we had five six more points on the board we'd be like having a, I think, I think we're quite on a good par season. to stay up yeah I think we are but that's I mean, I mean I th- you know that's I don't know, a like, what discussion that that's what yeah. we're aiming to for to be honest with you the, 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 the mindset of QPR is we are hoping for three teams worse than us. So if three teams get a jog on, like if Bolton, Burton and Burnham get their arse together, then we are... In, we, we're in a relegation battle. You, you're being deluded by thinking we're no, not. we are, 100%. Yeah, for we, sure. We, we but like, the, the objective is stay up. The, the objective is... Look, listen. Everyone says our expectations are high. The fees to watch QPR is high. The, the prices yeah. are not cheap yeah. Yeah. for home and away fans. So it's okay for the board and the club to say, look, it's about finishing this just above the relegation zone when we're charging top-end prices of the championship. And we are charging top-end prices. Fair. And we've also got a higher budget than most other teams. With or without FFP, we still have a big enough budget to compete better than what we're doing. So the argument is, there's been all these transfer windows. Are we getting any better? That's where we are. 
Um, I can't say we are. If I was to say, are we getting any more stable, which is a very unexciting, non-inspirational <laughs> thing to say, I would say the answer to that is probably yes. We're much less erratic okay. as yeah. a club, as a team even. Don't have such a short memory. We've been talking on this podcast this season about they're a breath of, breath of fresh air, those three midfielders. Yes, we and don't necessarily are. have the strikers, but we're kind of getting somewhere. No? Now, are we getting better? No, can't say we are. But we're much less erratic all round and more stable. And I know that's boring and it's not aspirational, but isn't that sort of what we've been asking for for the last few years? With a few more points. Yeah, but I, I, I like the fact that somehow I don't. Luke Freeman's suspended for the Preston game. So There's Holloway looks. Yeah, but, but, no, what I like is is that Holloway he's put, he's putting in a youngster and he's mm-hmm. saying essentially when we sell Luke Freeman because if we are stable mm. then we should be looking to sell Luke Freeman Agreed. in January or in the summer for six seven million. But we should have Elias Chair or however you say his name. He should be Elias, being cultivated yes. to. <laughs> To come in and, and play that role, and then you can go and spend that five, six minutes on a couple of other players, and it's going to take time. And but look, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, we were in a relegation battle. Then we we, we used to be in okay. a relegation the, battle. Then the thing but is, you're Rob, absolutely right about the prices. You you are 100 no, percent right. The thing as well is that we've had two lots of pa- we've had parachute money from the years that we were in the mm. Premiership. We also got nine million we weren't banking on from Sterling. We got the money from Everton for the young lad that went there, Bowers or whatever it's called. There, there's all these th- money coming in and, all right, we're not spending the money we did in the Premiership, but we have to be concerned. I mean, take the youth team, for instance, right? The youth team has had seven different goalkeepers this season. So you start, we're saying we're going to bring players in from the youth, we're going to bring players in from the 23s. People are not playing the same game, games in from the top to the but bottom. that's not Holloway's. Like getting rid of the manager is not going to help that. Well, but, so, but what yeah. I'm saying is, if you want to, if you, our, our plan, oh, we're, we're told the new plan is that we're going to have a better scouting system to pick up mm. lower league players. Fine, we're going to bring in youth. How are you going to bring in youth players if you bring in trialists in and then your main striker is in playing as a winger? To, to make room for the, the, the that's the fair, but then that's almost like okay, you've got a whole team of people then that need to sort of buck their ideas up, be it Holloway, Penrice, Ferdinand, whoever. Everyone needs to kick up the arse. Yeah. Everyone needs to kick up the arse because while we're talking about this and while we're going, no, nah, we're not going to get relegated, we are going to get relegated. We have to face facts. We you need to pull the finger that every season on here. Sadly, I've been right a few times. <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> Dave, we're not scoring enough goals. It's, we're it's, not. It's just, it's just, football's not that frigging but complicated. But what is the answer? What QPR have done every year for the last seven years is not the answer. Fire the manager after a bad run. We've said this time I just and said time that. again. I just said that. The, the, the time for Farron Holloway was yep. before the yeah. pre-season. You've got to stick with him now. If we stick with him and we get relegated... Was the plan then to go down and then resurface and rebuild and start again? Well, you know, it's a massive gamble. My my dad actually is of the opinion that going down may not be the worst thing in the world because suddenly you've got. Sanders will walk for the start. There's actually, you've got um, Easy on loan at Wickham. League two, jump into championships, a big jump. League two to League one, maybe. Is that your striker for next season if you go down? You've got Brighter, say, Samuel, who was playing League two at. Blackpool to championship big jump but suddenly league one not as big a jump obviously you don't want the team to go down but maybe if if they the long term plan is ironclad and set then you go down you go we've gone down but we're prepared for it look at Burnley they went up to the prep they went down 
They didn't panic. They went straight. Back. Look at them now. And it's, that's what Huddersfield are planning. Yeah, Huddersfield, Huddersfield are don't already do planning. I think yeah. Brighton as how well. Gonna be I think Brighton as well. I, I would to go back to your point. I'd rather be watching a team that's kind of stable. Fine, go down, take the hit, be stable, come back up. Then chuck a load of money, uh, a new manager, get in whoever so, Slutsky, he's I think free, that, and then and then it, and then it all goes tits up, and you're you're in an even worse shape. To be fair to Paul, he's the one out of the four of us that slapped up to Preston this weekend. Us, us three <laughs> didn't. Uh, that, that, so he, that, that, I mean, that doesn't matter. Uh, he, did, he probably I, didn't I, watch I, ninety minutes I uh, think, on his laptop. I think the point is, you're you're, you're, you're gonna get you're gonna that doesn't be, matter. Listen, you're gonna be more at your your, you're gonna be more at your wits end or the end of your tether well, no, if, yeah. if you're doing the miles yeah. because I'm sitting at home and when the full time result comes in I can turn off my TV you've got to get in the car and come home but I, I'm, I'm, I'm I haven't got a life it's that simple <laughs> it's, it's not that complicated I just go because I'm a boring old shade and I, my daughter wants me out of the house and I'm not very popular at home so they want me out and the dog hits me um, no I'm, I'm just worried that we're sleepwalking into a relegation battle I mean, if our idea of Three worst teams. That's a bad starting point, right? And that was our starting point at the start of the season. It's got to be three teams worse than us. If it is to go down and rebuild, that's a massive gamble because these investors, two, when you're one league away from the Premiership, you have a chance. Two leagues away from the Premiership, you can. Sheffield United took six years to get out of, yeah. of league, the league, league One. Look at where they are now because League One, believe it or not, it's different from when we were in the All Division Two. Mm. It's a lot harder, there's a lot bigger sides in it. I mean, everyone says about spending money on strikers. Sheffield Wednesday spent bundles on strikers. They're still struggling. To me, you have to get the players in for the game plan that you want. And if they're not doing it, and we're in this position, if we're going into January and we're still not winning games and we still haven't won away from home and we're out of our arse in the FA Cup, then what do we do? If. Well, I think it's QPR. You know what QPR yeah. are going to well, do. We, they're going to sack the manager. Because they didn't sack him this November. But then so who sacks the board for making the wrong decisions? Because it's all there to say. I mean, Les has been there now and overseen three managers. This will be his third manager. Les was director of football when we were in the Premiership. If it goes wrong. Fourth we... manager. No. It's his fourth. Redknapp. Now, he became Ramsey. director of football when Redknapp left. Redknapp left, and then the next yeah. day, Les was right. promoted. Okay. You can't really yeah. tie yeah. them two together. Yeah. Okay. So it's a third. But, he, but what I'm saying is that if you take over his director of football in the Premier League and your club ends up in League One. On doesn't your watch. look good. It doesn't look good. And I'm not blaming Les, and I'm not blaming Ian, and I'm not blaming Bertram, because like Paul Furlong and everyone else, the, the, the DNA is QPR. That, but then Stuart Pearce's DNA is not in the forest, and they sacked him. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. I'll tell you what, let's talk about it on the podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think we'll beat Leeds. That's a daft thing about it. I'm having all this whinging, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go there. I went to Preston think we'd fucking win. Why are you, why are you doing impersonation of a goldfish? Because I was about to start the phrase... R's end. Yeah, we keep stop. getting in trouble for hitting an hour on this podcast, and we are not going to do it <laughs> on my watch. And it's currently you let the proud of Miss Jean Bruder. You fifty minutes and fifteen seconds, although minus edits, it will probably be a bit less than that. And we are gonna finish before the hour. So R's end. Don't start with me. Anything you haven't talked about mentioned? You can mention other things to talk about. Include Villa at the weekend. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Time machine Re- read time. The, read the wrong note. I read the wrong note. Leeds at the weekend, who drew at Villa last weekend. Uh, MK Dons in the cup. Uh, I'll start with my R's end. QPR announced that they're having a hoops wall outside the club shop. Did you mm, see this? I did. For £100, you can buy a tile in it. Lovely Christmas present. And you can say, you know, to... to my lovely wife and daughter, as I'm sure you will, Paul, and you get it engraved and it's by the club shop. Now, 
we often float the idea that the club listen to our podcast and copy the ideas that we come up with. Uh-huh. I am sure we talked about this two weeks ago. We, we did. did, didn't I, we? I mentioned it, but I, mine was more um, in, rem- in memory of those who are now not there. Well, you, you can do that as well, but we definitely, definitely talked about this as an idea, well, and 12, 12 days later, the club are launching it just in time for Christmas. So is it just a matter of time before they launch a sock subscription? Do you do QPR socks? Uh, not yet. Hoops. Hoop socks. Yeah. Well, we'll I like see. the you idea of hoop do. socks. Yeah. And we could also do like the older, you know, what we need is someone to, to have the foresight. Like next season, I'd love to see the 82 away shirt come back. It's been way too long. If you're listening to QPR. The, the red one. Yeah, it's the black shorts, yeah. black socks. Ah, oh, it's just heaven. I've almost had a moment. So, <laughs> Dan, we'll come on to you now then. You have, you have four pairs of I socks. I do. I've got there. Some, I've got Are they four, socks for us? They're socks for you. You can. Oh. Choose amongst yourselves. We've got some very sort of millennial friendly avocados. Yeah. <laughs> avocados <laughs> on socks. We've got some apples and pears on socks. Is that the company pi- socks? We've got, yeah, we've got some pigeons on socks and some ducks. So the four of you can duke it out. Very good. Have you got any with shamrocks, leprechauns, oh. or um, harps? Maybe for Wheat. next, maybe for next <laughs> season. <laughs> you evil man. You evil I'm man. Maybe for next me. season. I'm going to take the ducks. The Thank ducks. you very much. The 200 they, needle count. And they all, come, get, they all come with um, styling notes as well, oh. so you can see very on good. the back exactly what you should be I'm pairing gonna go them with. I'm going to go for the avocado. Right. Now, so what do I, as, I much, as, as much as we love talking socks, when you're ours end, try and not talk about socks. I'm just going to give a shout out to... Uh, Danny Dicchio in fact Hello. I don't know if you saw his um, he's working at Toronto mm. yeah in mm. he's MLS been on, he's been on the podcast yeah um, friend of the pod and they uh, they've got to the their first ever cup final next what's week. his position there he was like academy just, manager no, club I, legend I, I yeah just like all round good man I think he's ambassador. he's there Andy Sinton I think yeah he's around yeah he is I think what, what, what do you mean the, the big cup final in America yeah the little cup yeah. final yeah Oh, no. he bit the big one, doesn't he? Well, not, the not, one. not the like championship game. But the, so this is like cup. Cardiff getting to the FA Cup final. You're not in the country <laughs> anyway. I'll let, me, I'll let you tell him that. Congratulations! <laughs> no, congratulations! Yeah. I prefer Canada anyway. Well, it's just and nice, America. Nice They're to see, uh, like a you know an alumnus doing all right somewhere. Uh, yeah. Rob. Okay, so I tweeted this out earlier, which is from 2010, working backwards. Every team that we have pulled in the FA Cup that we've been drawn against. See if you hear a pattern here. Sheffield United, Blackburn, MK Dons, Chelsea, West Brom, MK Dons, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, Blackburn, MK Dons. Yes, I've noticed the pattern. We lose. (laughs) Yes, that's one. We won one. That's 11 ties. That's MK Dons three times, Sheffield United twice, and Blackburn twice. Now, I'm so rubbish at maths, Blackburn next year. but I would love to know what the probability, like what were the chances of pulling one of MK Dons, Sheffield United, or Blackburn this time? Because we I'm only... I'm, I'm useless at maths, but maybe someone that's listening is good at maths, and they could work out what the chances were of pulling one of those three teams, because we seem to always get them and lose embarrassingly. Well... There's another way to look at that, Rob. Go on. In life, in history, we all have a chance to turn the tide, to make our own history. And 
you're right. I'm sick of getting beat by them bastards. It's not right. You're right. It's it's horrible, and it was always going to be there. But then we lost a car plan for Christ's sake. I mean, we could draw. <laughs> you can imagine the FA Cup draws being made, right? You, you, you're like you somehow got to the third round, like Newport County or whatever. You're not having a great season, or someone is not having a good season. You get to the third round, you're going like Jesus Christ. Keep your fucking grits. <laughs> We've got it in the fourth round. Thank you very much. And it's getting embarrassed. I think we officially now have the worst cup run third in the ra- country. Yeah, worst third think, round record. Yeah, yeah, and it's just embarrassing. And it's horrible. And it, I used to love it. The first time I seen QPR live, if I'm being honest, which I have to be, was the FA Cup final. You too, because they didn't have live matches when I was a kid because I'm so fucking old. So... It's a magical thing. I wish the club would take it seriously because if we are just going to totter between bottom and mid-table and excuse after excuse why we're not doing well, the FA Cup's a great way to lose yourself in hope and anticipation and maybe getting on TV and actually fucking winning. Was that your all's end? No. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on, Robert. Oh, no, I was just going to say that. I love the FA Cup, but it was interesting that sage of all QPR wisdom, Dave McIntyre, Mm-hmm. said that maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing for Rangers to go out the cup, have a week away, warm weather training, and kind of hole away in the boys, reset, and go again in January. But, uh, you know, just not, not enter. No, not, like, not enter, United but it might, if they lose, they've, they've suddenly got actually time on the training pitch. You assume Perch, and Newer, all that lot, coming back, coming close to fitness. I disagree. Because I'd love to see a cup run. I'd just like to see a win. <laughs> I'd love We're to see yeah. we'll, we'll be MK Dons. I think going back, to, this, is, this, this is my R's end, David. All right? So as you know. Um, I am Ian Holloway. I'm unhappy with our fans. I think the fans are wrong. They should never leave the stadium. Of course they shouldn't. They should be behind me. All right, Ian. Shove it down our throats. Make us eat our words. Win some games of football. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot tell me that is the entirety of your R's end. From start to finish, it's you certain. are a changed man. If that is the is that that's yeah. not never your R's end. <laughs> Certainly is. Okay, fine. Well, why don't you start us off on predictions then for Saturday? Leeds United at home. We'll win. Score. Don't care. Just want to win. Rob, <laughs> prediction. I, I actually think they will somehow get a two-one win. Dan. Yeah, I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly win. 2-1. I'll take that. I think yeah. uh, you've said 2-1, 2-1. Uh, I'll go 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One four of us. We're in the worst form. All <laughs> four of us. There's no way we're going to keep a clean sheet. So I, I'm agreeing with the 2-1. There's no way we can keep a clean sheet. Not with a half-fit defence. I agree. Thank you for listening to the QPR podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. QPR. Yeah.